Hello, I'm Jim. You're about to hear a whole load of football funny from the On The Left Side team. But before you do, can I ask a favour? If you enjoy this regular dose of football goodness, then please cast a vote for us in the Football Blogging Awards for Best Podcast. You can find the link for that now on our Twitter channel at On The Left Side or via their Twitter channel at The FBAs. It takes about 30 seconds. I mean, we don't often ask for stuff, do we? From you anyway, I mean, if you asked my wife, she'd say I asked for stuff all the time. Weird stuff. Some of which I can't really talk about on here. Anyway, on with the show! Hello my friend, it is lovely to see you. Welcome to On The Left Side, the alternative football show. It's been another bumper week in football. This week we had Nicky Buck claiming that today's footballers didn't fall out of enough trees as kids. Are you kidding, Nick? Today's footballers hurt themselves tripping over blades of grass and you want to throw them out of trees, you maniac. Coming up on this week's show, we upset some women, we find the next James Bond and pray that Southampton's Europe adventure doesn't last too long. Bye-bye. But first, the torrid spectator sport that is international football. If you had the misfortune of watching the England game last week, then it will be of no surprise that the match wasn't the most exciting thing to happen in international football this week. Whilst Adam Lallana was showing the kind of shooting prowess usually associated with Star Wars stormtroopers, Roy Hodgson was no doubt sat at home in his pants watching TV and shouting, Now do you see? This, this is what I was working with. Dreadful. It's very, very bad. Very bad. Yep, there were far more entertaining things happening elsewhere around the world. Take, for example, the excitement in El Salvador's game against Canada. I mean, it seems like a day can't even pass now without another rumour of corruption in the beautiful game, or blatterism as I like to call it. But I'm sure even Sepp was surprised after the El Salvadorians called a press conference to reveal that someone had offered them a bribe for their upcoming World Cup qualifier. With the South Americans unable to qualify for the big tournament anyway, they were offered a seemingly stingy $30 a minute to throw the match by an unnamed businessman, which is probably less per minute than some MPs spend on company for the evening. Oh, hello, Papagena. What's really weird about this story is the briber was clearly not picky about the result. As well as the bribe to lose, they were also offered $20 a man to draw the game and $15 to win it. Yep, they were offered a bribe to try and win a game of football. I had no idea you could bribe people to win games or that even worked. I thought that was kind of what they were probably trying to do anyway. Unless, of course, you're Stoke City. Still, I'd take wealthy businessmen bribing England to do a little bit better over the alternative, which is apparently wealthy reality TV stars helping out Big Sam with his management duties. Big Sam's stint managing a load of overpaid celebrity prima donnas on ITV's Soccer Aid probably, in reality, set him up perfectly for managing overpaid celebrity prima donnas in the England national team. But apparently Allardyce has kept in touch with his star-studded Soccer Aid team via a WhatsApp message group. And the likes of professional hat wearer Ollie Murs and permatanned Mark Wright are only too happy to help Sam out with some managerial advice. Brilliant. If only England games were like reality TV shows. You could vote out your least favourite player or 
get another one to eat some kangaroo testicles or just vote anyone you didn't like off the pitch. Better still, we could lock the whole load of them in a house for three months and forget about the whole thing. But if relying on TV celebs is the way forward for England, it's really no surprise that this week, the Three Lions officially abandoned its hopes of winning the 2022 World Cup. You may remember the England countdown clock, which was unveiled by Greg Dyke during his time at the FA. It was supposedly counting down the hours, minutes and seconds until England fulfilled its destiny and lifted the World Cup in Dubai. Given the performance of the national team in Euro 2016, personally, I'd settle for being able to lift my own head off the table whilst watching them play. So it is no surprise that the FA's new chairman, Greg Clark, has distanced himself from the countdown, describing it as a joke, saying, I like a few jokes. I, I like a good laugh. So go up to St George's Park and have a good laugh at that clock. Yeah, it's a big joke. England are never going to win the World Cup. Ever. Personally, I say keep the clock, but maybe it should go backwards instead of forwards, representing how long it's likely to be until England lift the next trophy. So, for example, after the Euros performance, it's probably now about half four sometime in the 18th century. Then if it turns out your prediction was wrong all along, you can just claim you never got round to changing it for daylight savings, just like the clock in your car. There is no doubt that the big game this weekend was the Manchester derby. All the headlines were about City versus United, Pep versus Jose, overpaid superstars versus overpaid superstars, with every media outlet desperately trying to find a way of writing a story about the red or the blue half of Manchester. So hats off to the Sun who decided this would be the perfect time to work out the true value of local lad done good and hot prospect Marcus Rashford. It's £72 million, by the way. But here's how they worked it out. Anthony Martial has scored at a rate of 0.25 league goals per game in his top-flight career. And Rashford's strike rate is double that. So if anyone fancies tempting the Red Devils' latest starlet from their grasp, the bidding will have to start in the region of £72 million. Yep, that is exactly how transfer fees work, boys. Well done. The good news for any managers out there is with this new player valuation technique, you can pick up some absolute bargains. And this season's stats means veteran striker Jermaine Defoe, with his impressive goals a game ratio, would cost you around 90 million quid. Whilst Arsenal's European Championships finalist Oliver Giroud's current value would be zero pounds. Actually, maybe the system does have some merits after all. But the big controversy was the big star missing from the game. Sergio Aguero was banned for a supposed elbow on Winston Reid the previous week. The thing is, the ban only came into force when ref Andre Mariner said he didn't see the incident, meaning the FA could take retrospective punishment. This caused much debate from fans on how a ref, seemingly looking straight at an incident, could claim not to have seen it, with even former ref Mark Halsey getting in on the action by tweeting, I've been in that situation when I have seen an incident and been told to say that I haven't seen it. Whoa, can of worms open. Is Mark claiming that Premier League referees are actually lying about stuff? Next he'll be telling me that Howard Webb didn't really like that festive print jumper that I got him for Christmas or Dermot Gallagher made up that the Easter Bunny brings me chocolate eggs every year. I just 
just don't want to believe it. I don't think there's any tangible evidence that they do anything. But those refereeing misdemeanors look small time compared to the problems in Spain, where a female referee stopped a game after a member of the crowd shouted at her to do the dishes, block! Which seems fair enough. I mean, maybe she hadn't done the dishes. Oh, sensitive. Must be that time of the month. Bloody women, eh? Can't take a joke. Sorry, Jim, we're going to have to stop recording for a second. Yeah. Yeah, we've got a security alarm going off. I think someone's breaking in. Oh, it's your wife. Um, All right. I think she's here to see you. She doesn't look happy. Ah! Oh, my God, I can't believe you. Do my head in. I tell you something. Right off. If you think you are sleeping in our marital bed tonight, dirty, horrible pig. I hate you. Hate you. Sorry. I didn't see any of that. You got to go again? Yeah. Okay, rolling. Actually, this is great news. New rules in Spain mean that the game can be cooled off if there is too much abuse coming from the crowd aimed at referees or players. It's a three strikes and you're out system where if the ref hears too much abuse, we just call off the game. I can't see that kind of rule ever coming into football over here though. I mean, we'd be screwed. A game wouldn't last three seconds with the abuse that's hurled at the England team, for example. But to be fair, they are a bunch of useless f***ing c***s who don't deserve the f***ing pay packets that they're f***ing lazy b pick up every shitting week, so maybe it is fair. Plus, if you're going to insult a referee, have a pop at them for supposedly not seeing an elbow on a player that was three yards in front of them, and not whether they have to sit down to go to the toilet. Now, I love a good player Q&A. Pop the likes of Jack Wiltshire on Twitter to answer some fan questions and hilarity will follow with tweets like Jack, if you reply to these questions too fast, will it injure your fingers? But it seems football has learnt from this and instead of the instantaneous question and answer sessions on Twitter, clubs are instead opting for more sanitised interviews where they can vet questions and get the very best from their superstar players, right? Wrong. I mean, sure, you're still going to get the personality vacuum of stuff like this. Hello again, uh, week three of Ask Lampard. Who even answered the most creative questions in the driest way possible. Have you thought about applying for the James Bond role? Um, actually, no. Uh, if you see my acting skills, then I'm pretty stiff, so I think I'll stick to, the, uh, to doing what I'm doing for the moment. Are you sure, Frank? With that kind of sparkling personality and lightning wit, I'm sure you'd be the ideal choice for the next James Bond. If only Sean Connery had taken acting lessons from Lamps before taking up the role, eh? No thanks. I don't want a martini. I'm driving. It's not safe to drink and drive, Miss Moneypenny. But thank the Lord for ex-Arsenal player Emmanuel Frimpong, who gave a wonderfully bizarre interview when chatting to Talk Sport this week. The midfielder is currently plying his trade in Russia, but still managed to answer some probing Paxman-like questions such as... Uh, what's your favourite cheese? The yellow one. I don't know the name. The yellow one. You truly are a gourmet connoisseur when you pick your food purely on colour, aren't you? What fruit do you like? I like the red one. He also answered the all-important question, what's your favourite insect? Antelope. Is that an insect? I don't know. <laughs> Antelope. Okay. And of course, the one thing that everybody wanted to know... 
How many toilets do you have? In, in Ghana, I have seven. In London, I have three. And in, in Russia, I have two. Twelve toilets. What the hell is someone doing with 12 toilets? Who needs 12 toilets? Who knows, if you eat enough yellow cheese, maybe you do need 12 toilets. And finally, hats off to Southampton for enjoying a European adventure this season. Now let's put that hat firmly back on our heads as we listen to the monstrosity that is the fan-recorded Southampton in Europa song. Southampton in Europa Okay, I realise that you're in Europe, but is it really necessary to emulate the European Song Contest with that kind of tosh? Even Hull City will get more points this season than that would from the judges. Nil point. But given the general attitude and lack of importance of the Europa League, maybe this opens up a whole new avenue for future football songs. I mean, if we're going to do songs about Europa and we've already had a rap song to launch the signing of Paul Pogba, are we going to hear clubs recording songs for events of any size in the future. You're playing a local rival? Get a song out. Releasing a new kit? Let's cut some vinyl, man. And I can't wait for the next big offer on Pies and Bovril to result in a session in the studio. It's half time and you want a snack. Don't worry, mate, cause we've got your back. Hot drinks and pies can now be found in the concourse area. For just three pounds, yes. Special offer snacks, special offer snacks, special offer snacks, special offer snacks, special offer snacks. Don't worry, mate. Hot drinks and pies, don't worry, mate. Special offer snacks. Special offer snacks. Well, it's better than some of the shit on X Factor, anyway. That's it for another week. Thank you for being part of the On The Left Side team. The next episode will be out on Monday, so if you're not subscribed for free yet, then make sure you do via iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts from. Right, I'm off to sign a multi-million pound record deal for the recording rights to special offer snacks, because that's full time. On The Left Side is a Paint Your Headphones production and is written and produced by Ant McGinley and Jim Salverson.